this is Cinema Roundtable. My name's Jake, and I'm joined by Erica. Thanks once again for having me here. Yeah, and we are doing things a little bit different this episode. We, um, in in honor or dishonor, I guess I don't know, <laughs> of the of the newest uh, entry in the Saw franchise, Saw X. We're gonna do a a full discussion on the entire series as a whole. Um, so a, a Saw. Traganza. I don't know what you would say. The episode where we see Saw. <clears throat> where we see Saw. Well put. <laughs> um, but we're kind of just going to go through and uh, we're going to break this thing down. Each each movie kind of give our thoughts. Some of our favorite traps. Some of the different things about it. Um, this is going to be a two-parter though. So this is in our part one. We're going to talk about one through five. And then catch us for our next episode where we go through six through the most recent one. Where we'll get into a little bit of in-depth stuff. Just forewarning, uh, this will be spoiler, f- uh, full of spoilers. So if you haven't seen them yet, it's been how long? 19 years yeah, since the first movie been, came yeah, out? close to 20 years since the first one came out. So. Yes, and uh, if you've seen them, then it'll be great. If you haven't seen them, you probably have no interest in seeing them. Um, so let's just get into it. So Saw 1 is uh, from uh, uh, James Wan, director James Wan, who went on to do so many big franchises, mm-hmm. uh, both in the horror genre and non. Uh, the Conjuring, the uh, Insidious movies, and then he did uh, a Fast and the Furious movie, too, Oh, he I think. did. Yeah, I avoid those. So I, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, he did a Fast and the Furious movie, and he did Aquaman, I think, also. Another one I would, another genre I tend to avoid. <laughs> So so definitely using this platform to jump up into bigger things, I guess. These are like the biggest budgeted movies that you would see. Um, and he started with this this little movie called Saw, a little like three-minute short. Have you seen the original short? Um, a long time ago, I have. Yeah, which um, for those who haven't, it's just the the reverse bear trap scene. But it's with Lee Wanell, who is the writer. Um, he also plays Adam in the first one. But uh, Erica, what are your thoughts of Saw? Uh, so I I got to see it. It's uh, opening night when it hit theaters, and then seeing for a while these movies were coming out at such a great clip, like one a year every Halloween, that it was a tradition for me to go see it with friends, like every single Halloween. That's how it was for me as well. I'm looking at the at the release schedule. And I think, yeah, the first seven were mm-hmm. all released one year apart from one another. Right. Which is, you know, pretty impressive. And I, the first saw it's, it's definitely um, kind of a modern classic. Um, definitely has some influences from seven. The, the way but, I, I think of it is seven and cube are kind of the right. two movies. Yeah, I, could, I think I could of. see that because of the, the, puzzle element Mm -hmm. Um, the deadly puzzle type of thing (laughs) uh and of of course i'm probably like most people the reverse uh bear trap you know uh, jaw trap thing is you know probably my favorite or most memorable trap of that movie i would agree i i was kind of going through all of the different traps now this one is more i mean there are individual traps but Mm -hmm. it's more focused on the story at large. Yeah, it's, it's the uh, Dr. Lawrence and, mm. and Adam story. And very, yeah, very narr- like dialogue driven because they're trying to solve how to get out of their, the cell that they're trapped in. And yeah, this one is way more focused in my opinion mm-hmm. than all of the other ones. I think that's why it holds up as well as it does. Cause it's, there are obviously some issues to it. Um, because of maybe some low budget stuff. I mean, this does have Carrie Elwes in it, it has Danny Glover, it has some people in it that are at least pseudo recognizable. Um, but it still, I think, was only a million dollars, I think, was the budget for this one. And I think that it's really effective because it's, I think I heard uh, Leo and L say that it's like 
well, we didn't have very much money, so what do we do? We make our film set in basically one room Mm. and okay well why are they in that room and they kind of can build this universe from that um and i think like being able to create a horror icon who basically isn't in the whole film is Mm -hmm. also a huge a, a, a huge thing for this movie is that like everyone knew who jigsaw was after this movie and he was just kind of this looming threat throughout the entire movie, and we don't really know what's going on. There's a, a person behind a camera or behind a, a monitor who I think we assume is Jigsaw. Yeah, there's a lot of uh, nice misdirection going on in this. Yes. Um, I guess, is there another trap or anything that you uh, wanted to highlight with this? Yeah, the first one isn't, it's not as trap heavy as the sequels. The, the trap to be, is like there's also that um, electric screw to the neck thing that um, the detectives are you know, trying to free this one guy from. But that's not as not as cool and interesting as the jaw trap. Yeah, I would say the only other ones that you have is like the the razor wire room. Oh, that's yeah. And that's there's right. the the candle flammable jelly right. room one. Where he, but that one's a. That one does not really look all that solvable where there's just a bunch of numbers on a wall and this guy has to find the right combination to so the, the thing, safe. The thing that I always thought about that, that trap is it's like, okay, so with with the – there's the thing that's very emblematic of the Saw series is like this kind of frantic editing, mm-hmm. like a lot of speed up, um, sped up stuff. And so they show this trap – and they show the guy and he's like walking around the room and also to mention there's like broken glass I think on the ground. <laughs> it's like all this compounding stuff. It's like I think he's he's poisoned and he's, he's covered, covered in flammable, flammable. <laughs> while holding the world's smallest candle <laughs> and there's like a combination that he has to get the cure out of. What I didn't understand is why he even looked at the wall. Right. Like <laughs> Why not just put the candle on the safe and then just try as many combinations yeah. as possible? Like, does he really think he's going to see something on the wall? And, <laughs> and like, be able to find the right set of numbers out of all of those numbers. Yeah, you've got, like, an entire room completely covered in numbers. It's like, what are your – like, yeah. <laughs> you're you're just as likely to just guess it if you're, if you're going. So that didn't really make much sense. But, but like, I think ultimately this is a more – like story driven film it it has like you said a lot of misdirection um and a lot of i mean obviously there's the big twist but there's twists on top of that mm-hmm. as well um the was would you say the first twist is that zep is that would you say that the 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 man behind the monitor is actually in his own like, game yeah yeah that is an interesting that that was a nice reveal there yeah i mean or i guess the the first misdirection, I guess, is Adam knowing who Dr. Lawrence is. True. But yeah, that's, like the, that's more of a story beat know that than there's, anything. Yeah, that there's any um, – seems like there's really not connection between them. But, of course, they are put there together for a reason. Yeah, I mean, I guess we didn't really say what the what the general plot is. But it's it's two men. They're stuck in a room. Uh, one man – has to is tasked to kill the other man for his safety or else his wife and daughter uh he will never see again mm-hmm. um and that's basically it yep. uh and it's asking someone could you make the choice to shoot another man that is trying to plead with you if that would save your family and all of the different twists and turns of trying to figure out what to do in a situation like that um I mean, should we just get into the spoiler, the yeah, big spoiler with this? I would say this is one of the <clears throat> biggest horror spoiler or twists. I mean, it built they built the franchise off of this, and mm-hmm. that's that there is this dead body laying in the middle of the, the room the entire time. They assume it's just a man who committed suicide. Little do they know, it has been Jigsaw the entire time. He has been laying in a pool of blood. Um, and has been kind of pulling the strings the entire time. And wow, did they get lucky by casting Tobin Bell in that mm-hmm. role. Um, cause he is, uh, fantastic in 
in other like in the smaller bits of the movies that he gets to be in and is such a presence as Jigsaw, I would say. Um, but yeah, do you, would you say that this is up there for horror twists? Like what other ones come to mind? It it had a number of twists I did not expect. Um, and like, I, I feel like a lot of the early entries of this franchise do have really good twists, but then later on, I don't know if it's just once you get, kind of get used to the formula or the writing's just not quite as clever. It's like, ah, I saw that coming, Mm -hmm. which we'll, I'm sure we'll talk about we'll examples that. of that later. Yeah, I mean, I I think when people talk about the all-time twists in general, mm-hmm. I think this is one of them. Yeah. Um, I mean, for horror, it's probably what, like, Sixth Sense, Sleepaway Camp. <laughs> oh, yeah, that one. <laughs> like, there's not a whole lot that you would, that you could put up against this. Um, are there, is there anything in particular that you don't like about this movie? Uh, I'm... Nothing, nothing super negative, really. That's I mean, kind of how I feel about it, too. Yeah, it's, you, you can definitely tell that they had some budgetary limitations in some scenes with some of the makeup, but it's not a deal breaker. No, and I think overall the acting is solid. Mm-hmm. There's, it, It's mainly just lines that I'm like, oh, that was kind of weird. Like some things, especially from <laughs> from Lee Wanell and Carrie Elwes, um... I think the one in my that I always kind of laugh at with Carrie Elwes is he like the phone. There's a phone in the room that can only receive calls. He picks up the phone and he's like yelling on the phone because he thinks that it's Jigsaw or whatever. And it's his his daughter is on the other line. She's like, Dad. And he's like, Allie. And he like says her name in such a weird way. Um, And I always laugh whenever I think about that. Um, yeah, there there was another really hilarious line that's not really repeatable on the radio, but it just kind of comes out nowhere, and it's like, what? Yeah, <laughs> and you'll definitely get that in the other movies too, of just like super <laughs> random stuff. Um, but like, I think in general, there's not a lot negative that I would say yeah, about this. Is really one of my not. favorite horror movies. I come back to it a lot. Um, has something that we had brought up, I think, in the last episode, or maybe it got cut. I don't know. Um, we talked about how uh, Lexi, my wife and I, this is kind of the franchise that we love. This is kind of our horror franchise. I think everyone kind of has one mm-hmm. that they that w- they would say that they've seen all of them in excess probably and that this would be ours because on our first time hanging out together, uh, we stayed up till four in the morning watching the first three movies. So it was – it is a sentimental place for us, which is very strange to uh, to say. I did, when we were getting married, send out an invitation to some of the people in the first Saw movie <laughs> just to see if we would get any response. Unfortunately, nice. we did not. Uh. But you know what? You can dream. Yeah. Like, that, hey, that would have been even really if cool. like Lee Winnell sent like a le- like a note or something like that to be uh-huh. like, congratulations. Would have loved that. Maybe it got lost in the mail. Yeah. Who knows? <laughs> right. Um, but yeah, I think after this movie, it kind of, it, there, there was a term I would say that was created based off of this movie, um, which is torture porn, uh-huh. which I, I never liked that label. First, I, I I don't like that term in general, but also I don't think Saw should be the bearer of that title. No. There, I mean, you could go out and say that the sequels do kind of divulge into some of that. Mm-hmm. But I think Eli Roth is probably more to... I think he got more of the brunt of that label even like than... Well, I saw think, did initially. I like, feel like the hostile movies are the ones that kind of, I mean, it's literally like torture for pleasure, basically. Yeah, yeah. Where these movies are, yeah, there's a torture aspect to them, but that's not really the point. Yeah, it's it's all about um, being the best person you can be. And this is uh, the most positive very, horror. It is, and I've I pointed out to friends that several of the movies have like kind of a Christian allegory in them too. Kind of, <laughs> yeah. I mean, and you see some visual representations. Saw three has one in particular. Mm-hmm. Um, they don't outwardly say anything like that, but I mean, 
it's it's a weird situation where, and we'll get more into this, especially when we talk about Saw X, mm-hmm. that um, it's the only franchise I can really think of where you can kind of seamlessly make the antagonist the protagonist. Yes. And it not feel jarring mm-hmm. to me. Yeah, because like John Kramer, a.k.a. Jigsaw, like at least from the second movie on, always just pretty much seemed like the hero to me, honestly. Yeah, and I mean, it's unfortunate that he is kind of more in the background as the movies go on. And when we, especially when we talk about Saw 3, mm-hmm. um, he there's a reason that he takes a back seat in a lot of the movies. Um, but yeah, I think that's kind of all I had to say about saw one. It's great. Mm-hmm. It's a classic. I think any horror fan and really any film fan should watch it. I think it gets a reputation for being like this ultra violent movie. It's really not. There's a lot of gory things that happen in the movie, but most of it is off screen. It, it does really feel more like a mystery thriller than exactly um, than a torture film per like, se. Yeah, I've seen. Yeah, th- I mean, I would say that um, it, it falls kind of in that seven area mm-hmm. where it's like seven has a lot of really horrific things that happen in it, but most of it is off screen or you see the aftermath or something like like the big thing is. Carrie Elwes cuts his foot off at the end because he's at the end of his rope and he wants to get out of the room. Mm-hmm. So he cuts his, his own foot off. You really don't see anything. You see him yeah, start uh, and you see some of the blood start to come out. Surprisingly not too explicit. Yeah, right? and then you mainly just see his face and then Adam's reaction to it. Mm-hmm. And that's it. You don't see anything. And so I think even if you're a little bit worried about it, I don't think it's as bad as you you should uh, that it gets its reputation for. But should we just move on to Saw yeah, Two let's then? Do it. So Saw Two, um, it are they? I feel like they were kind of going in chronological order at this at point. First, yeah. Um, but this one kind of goes in a completely different direction, mm-hmm. uh, where we follow uh, Donnie Wahlberg is this kind of. Uh, rough and tumble cop who's kind of a dirty cop um who is kind of estranged from his son and he gets involved with jigsaw when you find out that jigsaw has trapped his son as well as a bunch of other people in this this fun house of horrors basically (laughs) um thoughts on this one I feel like this one injected some much-needed feminine energy into the franchise. Yeah, we, <laughs> for reasons we will get to. We didn't. Uh, we didn't really talk about Amanda in the first movie. Yeah. So yeah, the the survivor of the um, reverse bear trap jaw splitting device is in this one is one of the main characters, and at first it just seems like she didn't learn whatever life lesson she was supposed to. So she's back in another game, but now with a group of people instead mm-hmm. of a solo. Yeah. Kind of thing. Cause they're, cause you find out they're all criminals mm-hmm. and then you find out later that they're all people who have been put in jail because of Donnie Wahlberg's character. Uh, and so there, there's this whole thing about them. Uh, like if they find out who this, this young boy is, is that going to, Right. Mm -hmm. Put him in more danger than they're already in. Um, But I would say this movie is probably my favorite Shawnee Smith, Mm -hmm. um, who is Amanda. Definitely. Um, She kind of gets to be at the forefront and is kind of the protagonist of Mm -hmm. the movie. I mean, you you follow Donnie Wahlberg. I guess he's technically the protagonist of the movie. But he's not. He's just not all that sympathetic, even from the beginning in my opinion like yeah, yeah there's just some obviously there's something up with the guy and he's he's just basically sitting in a room talking to john the entire time mm-hmm. he doesn't he's a very passive character when the story at large is happening um where what we're actually following for the most of that is this this house plot um where amanda is kind of like i've been here before I know how this works. We need to make sure that we are following the rules. Mm-hmm. Um, so did you have a favorite trap or scenario, I guess, for uh, this one? Favorite trap was in that uh, the opening scene where the guy has a different kind of head trap on, but it's more like an Iron Maiden. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he sa- gets the video. This is uh, like, 
the key to your freedom is right before your eyes. And it's like the key is embedded behind one of his eye, eyeballs or something like that. That freaked me out when I saw that the first time. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's an unrelated saw yeah, trap. Uh, yeah. Just uh, not not related to the group of characters that we get to know later. But just think- that that trap was or. Or maybe it's marginally related. I don't know. But. I think they find him later, and that's what gets Donnie Wahlberg. Okay, yeah, like, starting the investigation maybe, but like it doesn't it's really. Not, it have... doesn't have much bearing on uh, like the rest of the film. Yeah, this was my favorite trap. Also, um, I always called the Venus fly trap. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, Iron Maiden is an even better way to describe it. Um, I would say this is also not a very trap-heavy movie. No, like um, it's yeah, a some trap of the other in ones. a booby trapped type yeah. of word. Not a not a not these elaborate machines for the most part. There's uh, yeah, it's definitely definitely some people make some dumb decisions trying to get the antidote to the nerve gas they inhaled or, or whatever whatever that yeah um, that's that's also a point is that there's there's poison gas going through the the entire house i guess they have to get like the antidotes they're kind of hidden throughout the whole house and different within different puzzles and yeah but they're not in the same way that a normal saw trap would be um the one that comes to mind that always infuriates me <laughs> is the I call it kind of like a Chinese finger trap, oh, but for yeah. your hands. Yeah, kind of like like those, those sort of like monkey trap jar thing where you can't. Where you can yeah. put your hand in, but you can't pull your hand out. Mm-hmm. And um, it, I just feel like the character was like so stupid to get both hands stuck in that once yeah. the first one was. She like... sticks her hand in one hole. She tries to pull back. She realizes that she can't. So instead of taking her other hand and fitting it into the same hole to make space, she sticks her hand in the other hole, and now she's a goner. (laughs) Um, And it's just like, I know that this is a high-stress situation. You're also being poisoned, but, like, you have to have a little bit more sense to this. Yeah, exactly. But the other thing, it's not really a trap, but I think the one that everyone talks about when they talk about this movie is the needle pit, Mm -hmm. um, which is horrific yeah that one's it does comfortable to watch it's like not it's like the least gory trap of any trap you'd see in a movie like mm. this but the concept of um there is an uh it's not an antidote it's a combination right it's uh, it's like a key stuck like somewhere in this pit full of uh, exposed syringes that may be dirty for all we know too. They definitely kind of imply that they are dirty just from some of the shots, yeah. I would say. Um, but Amanda is forced in uh, against her will by a, the guy you should have brute. been the one yes. to, he's yeah. a, like a steroid addict or something. I think, I think that's why, or, or maybe or no, he's a drug, he addict, a drug just dealer a drug, or a drug, drug dealer. dealer. Uh-huh. That's what it is. Yeah. Well, also, but he does seem like he has a lot of right rage problems. There's a lot of uh, toxic he's kind of, masculinity with this character. Yeah, he's kind of a meathead. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely more than any of the other characters. Everyone else in this movie is kind of like non-assuming. Like there's like a guy that's kind of like in a business suit mm-hmm. who dies very early. There's kind of like an older black man. Um, and then like a bunch of small women basically mm. in the whole thing. Um, and so he's kind of out of place, but I mean, he's kind of your stereotypical criminal, I would say. Um, but she, in a lot of saw fashion, she gets in there, she gets it right at the very end, Mm -hmm. but runs out of time in the very last second, which, uh, I was talking to Lexi about this today. It's, this is the, the cake and eat it too traps is what I would say, Uh (laughs) where it's, you want to see the trap in its entirety, but you don't want the characters to succeed yeah. because they don't deserve to, or you want to see them die. Yeah. Um, spoilers for, or foreshadowing to saw X. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause yes. this happens a couple times in saw it, X. It does indeed. And like in some of the other sequels too. And uh, in some cases, it seems like the traps weren't meant to be beaten for some of these characters but uh, and that's definitely an aspect that comes into play in the future movies definitely um and i think we should just get into the twist there are two twists 
two big twists, I would say. Um, the first one is that the monitors that you're seeing all of this happening are actually a recording and that everything has already, all of the events have already played out and that if um, Donnie Wahlberg would have just waited out the clock, then everything would have been fine because his son has been sitting there mm -hmm. uh, in a safe with an oxygen mask the entire time. Um, I love this twist. Mm -hmm. Me too. Um, I think... I might like it more than the first one. Um, I think it's so clever and so emblematic of what John Kramer's messages are, mm -hmm. where it's like you're trying to do too much. You're trying, you like, you're trying to force your way to do things. It's like if you just sit here and we talk it out and we be calm mm -hmm. and understanding then everything is going to be okay. Now, did Jigsaw get lucky that his son was one of the ones that actually made it out alive and not get killed by one of the random people? Yes. Um, but I think the reason why he doesn't get killed is because of the second twist, which is... Amanda is the accomplice. Amanda has been in on it the entire time, which I think is also a great twist. Yeah, I really love that twist. Um, because I think you're very... Amanda is a very interesting character in this movie because she is a villain to an extent. And you're like, Amanda, you got yourself into a problem the last time and you still didn't learn your lesson uh -huh. type of thing. Like, no wonder you're not like the one person you see survive a saw trap. It's like you didn't learn your lesson type of thing. But little do you know, mm -hmm. it's supposed to be that way. Um, yeah, I really like this. They kind of abused this twist. In later movies, yeah, um, this is probably the most reoccurring twist. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, uh, Donnie Wahlberg essentially is like, "Show me where you're supposed to go." Jigsaw takes him <laughs> back to the to the uh, original bathroom, and he gets locked in there. Um, yeah, I love this twist. Uh, is there? Did you have any? Did you have any negatives about this movie? Yeah, I, I really love the second one. I don't really have any negatives about it. Yeah, it's it's hard to say because it's all very like minimal things. And even though this isn't like as a spoiler, it's not my number one or or my number two. Um, but I really I just enjoy the movie. I think I don't like that it's a little bit more glossy. Hmm. Uh, in some of the filmmaking, this one is not directed by James Wan. Um, but, and I think some of the, yeah, some of the decisions that are being made by some of the characters are a little bit dumb. <laughs> um, but ultimately I think this is a really effective one and a really good follow-up for a really classic horror movie, especially because there was never supposed to be any sequels mm -hmm. <laughs> to these movies. Um, do you think they should have made sequels to the original movie? I'm glad they did, even though there are some sequels that we'll get to that I do not care for. So you would say at this point, the series is still good. Yes. We'll keep it rolling. <laughs> well, I think we should probably just do a check-in after each yeah. movie to be like, okay, should the series have ended here? Should the series have ended <laughs> here? Um, assuming that we don't know anything about the future movies. How about that? <laughs> um, but I think that's kind of all I had to say about Saw 2. Anything else? Oh, not really. I I was just uh, I was so pumped by that that reveal that Amanda was like, you know the the new um, uh, assistant or and it gives the the series a direction. Yeah, too. Since they've already said that John Kramer has a terminal illness, it's like you need someone to carry the torch. Yes, if and the, if the franchise is going to continue, which it continues, which it did, <laughs> which leads us into Saw Three, um, which. Amanda, again, they kind of, I don't want to say double downed, but they really kept it cohesive where mm -hmm. they pick up from, from the last movie and John and Amanda are the main characters, I guess, to mm -hmm. a certain extent. Um, but this one is more medical focused. Yeah. And this one is where it starts to feel really biblical. <laughs> Yeah, uh, and John Kramer even like tells the one you know, like the main guy you ask to complete a series of tasks like is 
Yeah, he actually quotes the you know do unto others you know um, verse, and there's definitely this this whole theme around forgiving your enemies. Because the the main story, I guess, I guess it's really just one story. The, yeah, at least one primary one primary one, story, yeah. and then it is directly affected by the John and Amanda and uh, a a brain surgeon um, who has been brought in to do kind of a gorilla style surgery Mm -hmm. on John because he is at the end of his rope essentially and is going to take matters into his own hands kind of, um, which again, uh, saw X will get into that as well. Mm -hmm. Um, but there is a man whose uh, son was killed because he was hit by a car um, and he has been holding all of this resentment and rage towards all of the people who were involved with it. Uh, the judge who gave a light sentence, the witness who played down the uh, the event, and then the man himself who was driving the car. Um, and he has to forgive and save all of these people from their traps. This one is interesting because the main character is not involved really yeah. in any direct harm. Yeah, that is uh that does make it rather different. It's he is making the decision for other people, which if he you doesn't can maybe always do it well, but he does try through he does most try. of the film. <laughs> There's one that he doesn't really try at all. <laughs> and that would be my pick for the trap of the movie. And uh, that's the rack. Yeah, that is my pick too. It um, is so gruesome, I'm I'm very right? eager to see if we sync up on all of them. <laughs> um I guess if you're a big fan of the series though, these are the ones that people talk about. Mm-hmm. So it, it makes sense. Um the rack is one of the most horrific things I've ever seen in a movie. Yeah. Um Oof. it's essentially a man. This is where a kind of a Christ metaphor thing Mm -hmm. comes in. There's a man. He has his head, his arms, and his legs fixed into basically like braces or like shackles that are on a rotating engine that will twist them around until they break. And there's this shot where there's like light coming in and you see the silhouette of the man and it looks it like he's on a cross. a cross configuration. And I think even the 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 guy involved in the story like gets on his knees and is like on his knees before the cross basically. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um but let's talk a little bit about the previous traps that we see in this movie. Yeah, I, I think the one of the really nauseating one was with all the like the rotten pig guts and stuff. So yeah, the judge is in a a pool essentially or a tub with his head with he's strapped down he's shackled to the bottom or there's yeah um some kind of uh neck you know restraint that keeps him close to the bottom and then this this tub is going to fill up with um uh well pigs are on a conveyor belt and dropped into some kind of oversized meat grinder. And then he's just going to drown in this. He's going to drown in filth. Yeah. And although it is very disgusting, this is the one that's more gross Mm -hmm. than I feel like most of the saw traps don't get into the, they don't get that type of gross, that type of gross. It's more visceral Mm growth, like, like physical harm gross, as opposed to just being in a disgusting situation. Which I'm surprised they've never really done that. Yeah, they really in any haven't other movies. repeated that kind of thing. Um, but I did enjoy the one that's right before that one, too. Oh, and also the man. That's the only one that survives mm. through the trap, that is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, one before that is there's a woman. She's in a, a meat locker, and she's getting cold water sprayed on her. Um, this one is kind of ridiculous yeah it's it's not super effective but it is different i would say at least kind of it's an interesting one like it's not as showy as the rack but i I think i was more annoyed with the the guy who's supposed to retrieve a key to set her free and he just takes his sweet time and lets her freeze to death yeah i can't imagine how (laughs) cold that would be yeah like (laughs) And another, and like, this one is probably one of the more easy ones 
two. It did seem like a much easier one uh, to, uh, yeah, like to rescue someone than the other ones. It, there's there's a part where he's reaching for the key and it's a little bit out of reach and he has like a cold pipe against his face and it's like sticking. Like if you like stuck your tongue to a pole or something. The whole time I'm thinking like, why not take your like shirt? A story or something. Yeah, why yeah. not take like your shirt it's or something and, then and just... put it over your face? So that you can press it up against the pole so you're not putting direct skin on a frozen pole. Um, but, again, you're in a stressful situation. Yeah, and honestly, this this character just doesn't seem like the smartest in the world no. either on a number of levels. So. He seems kind of goonish. Yeah. Um, but I think we should talk about the surgeon a little bit. Yes. Um, do you want to kind of talk about her a little bit? Yeah, so there is a... Um a surgeon who is abducted and um, forced to perform brain surgery without you know, proper medical equipment. Uh, and she is uh, put inside this collar with uh, shotgun uh, shells that will be detonated if John Kramer's heartbeat uh, flatlines. So as long as he's alive, she's alive. And then that's motivation for her to give him medical care and perform whatever um, like operations need to be done throughout the film. Yeah. I really like her and Amanda's dynamic in the movie. It's interesting. I kind of had problems with, like, it seemed like out of nowhere they made um, Amanda just kind of, like, kind of nasty. Yeah. She's, I mean, like, just this kind of angry character in this movie, and she did have that dynamic in the earlier ones that's fair she's definitely more level-headed in the second Mm -hmm. movie but you could also say it's because she knew what the plan was the entire time right and that she's you know acting a certain way yeah and then this one she's kind of frantic the entire time because she sees john as this father figure for Mm -hmm. her and she's kind of a Obsessed. I'm glad that the series made it a father daughter relationship. Oh yeah, so glad. and not like a Stockholm Ugh, syndrome situation. Been, yeah, <laughs> uh, that would have been a really weird yeah, thing. No, no weird romances, please. No, Thank I will goodness. say this whole series is pretty much romance free, which is nice. Yes, there are romantic <laughs> couples in the movie, but they are inconsequential for the most part, mm-hmm. or not at least shown and. That is, I really liked that twist also for this movie. Um, there's a there's some really fun fun foreshadowing, I guess, earlier in the movie where the the um, the surgeon is um, getting ready for for work, and a man is laying in bed, and they're estranged, and she's like, "What do you want from me?" And he says, "A divorce." And so you're kind of implying that it's like. Oh, like she has this bad home life. Mm. She wants her husband wants a divorce, whatever, whatever. You find out later that that is her, the person that she is cheating on her yeah. husband with, um, who wants her to divorce her husband, who we find out is the man that yep. is in the trap the entire time. Yeah, that I, I did not see that coming. It's like, oh, I didn't picture those two as the married couple. Like, what? That that was very strange. And mm-hmm. maybe he was a great upstanding man before his son passed away. Um, and now he's kind of fallen on hard times because even though she is also taking it hard, she's still functioning and like very like still pretty focused on being a surgeon and all that thing. It doesn't seem like the guy can do anything except drink and yeah, he's just very self pitying, uh, bitter kind of person. And it's also interesting because they have a daughter too, Mm -hmm. who um, in my opinion is kind of underutilized. Um, There's a tacked on scene. I think at the end where she is also kidnapped, but that never comes back. Yeah. In any of the movies. Um, and, and that seems like it would be the kind of thing that would be a setup to go into part four. Correct. But I I think that this is kind of where the series probably should have ended if they were really going to tie everything up in a nice it, bow. Yeah, it, it would have been an appropriate place, especially with uh, John Kramer uh, dying at the end. John dies, and... Amanda dies, 
all of the characters involved die. They could have just, yeah. They could have just tied it up, tied it up in a nice bow um, and have a nice, like really solid horror trilogy. Mm. Now, as big fans of the series, Erica and I are glad that they kept making movies. But I think in terms of just if you really wanted to be like, this is a really good horror trilogy. That's where I would go with this. Yeah, yeah, um, I tend to agree with that. Even though there are some sequels that I'm really additional sequels I really do enjoy. Agreed. I, I think that something that's really working well with this movie is it is more dramatic. I would say than other films in the series because there is that Amanda John dynamic. Mm-hmm. Um, there is a lot of that type of stuff. Uh, getting over your grief, forgiving all these things. It feels like it's it's loftier while still feeling realistic. Yeah, definitely leans heavily into a moral message, even more so than the other two. Correct. And uh, one other thing I want to highlight that we didn't talk about is the classroom trap in this movie. Do you remember which one I'm talking about? Um, The man who has hooks all over his body and he has oh, to pull yeah, them yeah. out. That and that one in the crazy uh, like rib cage splitting one too, and those were like two unbeatable traps. And like, and that's kind of showing that maybe I think in those though, it's like Amanda is using her connection to John to kind of just seek revenge mm-hmm. towards people and make it seem like a jigsaw yeah, thing. That's, that was my impression. Like even when they first showed that. Um, the rib cage opener, whatever that one's called. Um, it like, even the first time the theater is like, this is not like a real jigsaw trap because this is impossible to get out of. It's like, yeah, you've got spikes in your ribs and there's a key that's dissolving in acid. acid. Like how long can a key be an acid and still function in the lock that would open? I mean, she does get it open a ton of, ton of problems with that. And, um, also, like the victim just did not seem deserving. It was that the one uh, woman a, detective, detective. Yeah. and it's like, well, okay, yeah, she likes her job a lot, but that doesn't mean she doesn't value her life. Yeah, <laughs> and that's when you start to see that, and I, I that's not a problem because mm-hmm. obviously Amanda do is doing it, it on purpose. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also want to say, like, how does Amanda know how to rig something like yeah, that? Yeah, it's like. Uh, she she does she, she's not the one with the engineering background although I know in this one she's like da 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 she's like explaining one of the things to or she's talking about the shotgun collar mm. and she's like this is what you do like if you try to do this this is gonna be bad and she's like I would know I built it right and it's like ha, like how they never like you're like a drug addict they never explain her her background to have it make sense that she could build some of these traps like john is like an architect and a civil engineer right although my dad pointed out it would have made more sense if he had been a mechanical engineer than a civil engineer yeah. but still he has some background he, that yeah and he's sense. a tinker also uh-huh. like you see that just in throughout the entire movie pre jigsaw stuff where he just likes to build things mm-hmm. um so it makes a little bit more sense but that was kind of my problem is that like how does amanda how do any other people that we will get into <laughs> know how to do any of the things in this movie but overall i think this is a really solid mm-hmm. movie uh one of my favorites um any other thoughts on saw three no that's uh pretty much all i have for that um well let's move on to saw four yes. i think the one that people started to get a little bit surprised that they were continuing them um but this one uh is they were already with the second one kind of going in the police route. Mm-hmm. Um, but this one really leans into yeah. it, and then it continues from then on. Um, this one follows another um, detective who is doing too much, is essentially what his... Which also seems like a bit of an odd criticism, but it, okay. <laughs> it's pretty flimsy yeah. for me, where he his whole thing is that he can't save everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's a similar situation as the third one where he's not really getting affected. It's more him with other people. people who he has to decide whether to try to rescue them or not. And then uh, the greater reason why he's into it is because we get to see Donnie Wahlberg again, yep. <laughs> um, who in the previous film has crushed his foot 
and sh- broken it out of the the um the shackle, which is also terif- or terrible. Um, but we have um there's a detective, he's sitting on an electric chair. You have Donnie Wahlberg who is balancing on a comically large block, block of, of ice, ice that has heat lamps around it. Yes, and then he has two giant ice blocks also dangling from like pendulums essentially mm-hmm. in the ceiling. And so he will get his head crushed and then the melted ice will then go to the electric chair killing the other detective who is sitting in the chair. And then there's this lawyer who is kind of the one monitoring the entire game, kind of like Zep in the yeah, first movie. Yeah, so this one does start to get kind of messy, messier in terms of the plot, the twist. does have that iconic opening scene in which Shaquille O'Neal is forced to shoot a perfect hoop and Dr. Phil saws off uh, his wrong foot. Yeah, I thought that was a really <laughs> strange move by Saw yeah. 4. Um, <laughs> is that... Scary movie. It was scary three? movie. Or is I think that, it was, was scary four? movie four. Is yeah. that four? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know you've really made it when you've been parodied in one of the scary movies, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> that was seriously actually my favorite um, trap. Uh, kidding aside, is the uh, if your eye causes you to sin, pluck it out one, <laughs> which is the the sex offender oh. who has to press a couple. Buttons that will gouge his so, eyes out. So this is not my favorite one, but I do want to speak on this one. And that's – so I never understood. So he basically has two buttons, mm-hmm. one for one eye and one for the other eye. And he does one, and, and then doesn't he do doesn't the do other the one. other one. It's like where you try in to see if you enjoyed it. Like why not just do press both, both of them at the same time and get it over I, with? I have that same issue with one of the, the traps in the new Saw movie, but we'll talk about it later. Yes. Where it's like, you know, you could do one simple motion and get out of this. And just do both at the same exactly. time. <laughs> and then you're fine. Uh-huh. Um, but instead he does one, tries it on for side. <laughs> and it's like, why would you do that? And then <laughs> he runs out of time and he has his limbs ripped off. Um <laughs> Also, as I'm talking about all this stuff, I don't know. This might have to be a Spotify exclusive. I know. It's like it's hard to talk about these movies without getting kind of gross, though. I guess, yeah. It, well, some of them may be a bit beyond the pale. <laughs> we'll see. Um, we, we'll, we'll have a conversation with Stefan. He's he's great, but he also knows exactly what can and can't be on the exactly. air. So uh, we'll keep um, the swearing because we know we can't say that. Exactly. But some of this other stuff. Yeah, uh, my, con- content warning. Yes, for- my my favorite one though is I call it the see no evil, speak no evil trap. Oh yeah, that that was a very um, fascinating one. I think it's also called the mausoleum trap. Mm-hmm. I think if you look it up online, and it's basically a man has his mouth sewn shut, and then there's another man who has his eyes uh, sewn yeah. shut, and they have to essentially battle themselves or battle each, each other, other to yeah uh, because they're getting slowly pulled into like an engine basically that's gonna suffocate them i think ultimately i guess i don't know uh, what I the guess ultimate not, yeah i guess i don't know what the final result is necessarily but i, I think um, there might be an aspect where they could work together yeah but it's like having them communicate you know would be very challenging because one guy can't see the other can't talk yeah uh, and the guy who can't talk knows what's going on like he can see what the predicament and, and is he no and he's trying to communicate what, yeah and the other guy who obviously can't see anything is just like yelling and like what's going on and so he is hearing this muffled voice and just assumes that he is the person who has mm-hmm. put him in this situation um i just thought this was a really i think this is the opening scene it too is, yeah um, which I will say these movies do really come out with a bang. Like mm-hmm. the, 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 the fly trap or the, the yeah, Iron Maiden is the opening scene. Are, like always pretty strong with these. <laughs> um, it is nice when it is related though, mm-hmm. which this one does become related because you find out that the man who uh, had his mouth sewn shut is the lawyer who has been monitoring the game. Um, but there's a really, uh, kind of graphic part where he forces his mouth open. Yeah. And like rips the stitches. And it's like, it's why like, wouldn't yeah. you just do that from the very beginning then? I guess. Right. And then be able to tell the you other say guy. Like, hey man, on. calm down. Everything is going to be fine. 
Um, I would say that I have a lot of problems with this movie um, just because I think it's very flimsy. Yeah, it, I really loved it when I saw it in the theater, but then on revisit, it's a lot weaker than yeah. I remembered. I did enjoy the um, kind of the Cupid's Arrows uh, setup thing where the um, couple is like skewered together and... It's like an abusive um, yeah, relationship. Yeah, like the husband is abusive and the wife can free herself and have minimal damage because they, the arrows don't go through anything like super important the, on her body, but they go through major arteries on her husband's so body. Yeah, she, so. That is a really clever trap. Yeah. It's not really a trap. It's just, yeah. It's just it's kind just of a, a thing. It's just here's like a task for you to do if you want to live. You know? Yeah, which it's more just like, evidence for the detectives to find mm-hmm. basically um but yeah i i think the storytelling is the biggest issue with this there is some weird editing choices in this yeah. movie um where there's a lot of like um i wouldn't call they're like they're not like smash cut transitions but it'll be like one person I remember there's specifically one part where a character like crashes through a glass door Mm -hmm. and that's the transition into the other room where the other people are. Like it's unrelated to what's going – because there's basically two simultaneous Mm -hmm. things. The people investigating the the, – whatever, the crimes and then the detective who is in the jigsaw trap – um, it gets a little bit distracting from time to time. It does. And then I was honestly, this one did have like a twist I didn't expect, but it was super confusing to me, honestly, just so the, the timeline just... issue. So it's revealed later on that this movie is taking place simultaneously with the events of Saw 3. Correct. And Which, I was like, what? <laughs> I don't really understand why. Yeah. Like it feels like Jigsaw has a very clear motive in Saw 3. <laughs> It's convenient mm. that a brain surgeon also is married to a man who could learn <laughs> yeah, his lesson exactly. jigsaw style. Exactly. But it doesn't really make sense. And then we have another twist that comes after that, which is Hoffman, the other detective, the man that's been sitting in the electric chair the entire time, is also in on it. Mm-hmm. Um, he becomes a very important person in the rest of this series. Um, and I think he does a fine job, but I think the f- series gets increasingly less interesting now yeah. that he is the the main person in the movie. Yeah. Um. And I think it divulges even further into why does this person have any knowledge on how to rig a- things? Another one where it's like, this guy isn't, yeah, someone who also no engineering or mechanical background that we know of. Well, it's like, so Amanda uh, is, doesn't have any engineering training, but like you also don't really seem like Amanda has a lot going on. Mm. So like she could in theory be like, I'm obsessed with Jigsaw. I'm going to learn how to do these things. (laughs) I'm working with him very directly Mm -hmm. where it's like Hoffman is like a full-time police detective yeah, exactly like it, it would be and probably more challenging for him to pick up a new skill set like this yeah and it, like you do find out that like he rigged uh, a a jigsaw trap mm-hmm. um and that's kind of how which is we'll get into i guess in the fifth movie um but it still just doesn't really make sense to me this is a lower one for me yeah. uh it's not the worst but i'd also say that because of the holes that this film has, it it definitely weakens the series. Mm-hmm. Um, did you have anything else that you wanted to talk about no, with this like one? Pretty much all I have for this one. You do get to see Donnie Wahlberg get his head crushed by blocks of ice. That is true. If you've ever wanted to see that, all of the people that hate New Kids on the Block, I guess. <laughs> um, everyone's favorite Wahlberg, Donnie Wahlberg. Um, but yeah, that's all for. Uh, let's get into Saw 5 yeah, so, and continue the downward. Uh, very much downward trajectory. Like, uh, I was so disappointed in this when I saw it in the theater. So basically, we have a whole bunch of cutthroat corporate types who are like stuck together in a room, and they're forced to perform a regression analysis to assemble the perfect baseball team. 
<laughs> or am I getting this mixed up with some other movie? <laughs> I don't remember the baseball team aspect. <laughs> but the regression analysis is definitely torture. <laughs> yes. Uh, this this one is, I love that, is, is basically you're now following Hoffman um, because he built uh, my favorite trap of the movie, which mm. I love and hate because I kind of hate any trap that is unwinnable. Same here. Um, but in... The grand scheme of like, hey, this is a cool set piece. It is also my favorite trap. Um, and it's the pendulum <laughs> yes. uh, trap where a man has to crush his hands in order to stop a swinging pendulum that will very eventually much, cut uh, him in half. Very much like Edgar Allan Poe's pin, pin the pendulum stories. So Correct. Same kind of uh, lethal mechanism there, but it but, malfunctions because he completes the task. But continues and, and to <laughs> drop, which... I guess you could kind of fall, uh, file this under the cake and eat it too trap. Yes, definitely. <laughs> um, because it's fun to see it work to its finality, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is the one where you find out that Hoffman was the one that created this because this man murdered his sister. He was like a, an abusive boyfriend. Yeah, so it's like he's not going to give this guy a fair chance to survive something. He's like just going to. Make sure he does not live to tell the tale. <laughs> How do people think that they can try to do things without John's permission and think they're going to get away <laughs> with not, it? Yeah, and then not be part of some other test or trap themselves. The biggest one is in Saw 7, which we'll oh, yeah. get into, but which is ridiculous. Yeah, that's, uh, it is. Oh, my gosh. Um, but, yeah, so there's kind of this whole budding thing. And I guess we'll talk about Jill a little bit with this one as well. Mm. Uh, who is Jigsaw's wife. Um, there's this whole big subplot of, uh, Jill, um, kind of knows what's going on with, with, uh, what John has been doing. Um, and I guess, is this the one where we find out that the reason why he kind of went over the edge is because he, his, his unborn child miscarriage that was a result of, um, uh, drug addict breaking into the hospital where she worked and, and slamming a door on her belly so hard that she miscarries. That she miscarries. Yes. Uh, so yeah, that was uh, that was a sad uh, moment. But uh, I will say that the a problem I had with that in that whole storyline is that Jigsaw puts the man into a into a saw quote unquote like saw trap right and this is supposed to be one of his first traps though right i always right. assume this was the first one right um but the man he's like well if you get through the trap then you'll be immediately rehabilitated man <laughs> escapes the trap is definitely not rehabilitated yeah, exactly. immediately tries to attack mm-hmm. jigsaw and so i'm like if, Why wouldn't you see that, that the very first one people. doesn't change yeah, people? Yeah. Like, yeah, there are certain people who do. Well, okay, here's a question. Has anyone escaped a jigsaw trap and actually and a had better a better person. life afterwards? Yeah, not. I kind of wanted to bring the same thing up, too. Um, I, at first, it seems like. It took uh, us all the at way first to first it seems like to Amanda, actually. you know, does, but it's like. Um, you know, she still had certain issues afterward. Maybe she wasn't on drugs anymore, but she had other yeah, she had personality some issues, issues and some other things going and, on. And obviously we talked about how she is putting people into mm-hmm. saw traps that that uh, are I mean, unwinnable. I guess the survivors of Saw 5, the, the two surviving corporate you know, types who were did unethical business uh, practices. It, maybe they have some kind of reform, but they aren't back for other sequels, so we don't know. It kind of felt like screenwriting 101. It did. Like, I like, was... Like, let's get all of the... Like, we're real estate developers. Right, And, yeah. like, we're... Ba- like, as much as I enjoy the next one, Saw 6, mm. um, it's also kind of a similar situation where it's like, they oh, there are people in healthcare. Like, healthcare I, is bad. I feel like Saw 6 is better than Saw 5, but we'll get, we'll get that. into that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. What what really kind of annoyed and disappointed me with Saw 5 in the theater was when you're watching the group of 
these five business people, it's clear from the beginning that all the of these is. traps could be solved together as a team and everyone could walk out of there. Yeah. There's no reason why it has to be like a reality show where one player is eliminated every round. So, yeah, if we speed, let's just speed run all of the rooms then. Mm. So the first one is a collar trap where they all have to get a key to open up a collar. Otherwise, uh, they will be decapitated. Mm-hmm. Uh, the twist is is that they only needed one key. They all had these keys in front of them to go grab, um, thinking that they were all different keys. And but you find out that if they the would same. have just gotten yeah. one, they could have opened all of them. Uh, the second room is at the nail bomb room. Uh, I, I believe so. Where Which they is have the those, most obvious one. That, that is where it's super obvious, where they have these four um, little areas they can hide in they have to get the keys for them but it's like you can fit five people in those four openings those four shelters the, that was the shelters ridiculous. are very deep they're they're you deep in there yeah more you than could fit enough two for... maybe even three people into those yeah. in my opinion if you really tried mm-hmm. but yet nope there's only four and there's five people or whatever so we have to like leave one person out and let them die it was like it's like these people are morons these people um, are so dumb why don't they realize this like, that's one of those ones where, like, even if you're in a stressful situation, you still should where be able to be figure like, hey, that quick, out. get in this with me, you know, like. But they're all at each other uh-huh. from the very beginning, and kind of the, the, the really snooty guy is the one that dies in this one. So maybe <laughs> they, I mean, maybe if it was the person that dies in the first room and he was the one that died in the, instead, maybe they would have worked together because he kind of seems like the one that's antagonizing the group the most uh, (laughs) um but then we'll get into the third room which is the electric bathtub yeah (laughs) um which is basically they need to make a current to uh open up a lock i guess Um, but they have to be in a bathtub and i think the idea is that they all could have formed a circuit together instead of electrocuting one person it would be enough charge to kill one person, mm-hmm. but if all of them would have worked together, it would have, it would have been, been a shock, yeah. but it, they still would have survived it. Um, and then it gets into the fourth room, which is when they realize that, oh, we should have been working together as a team this whole time. Like, and th- this is the pint of, or the, the pint of blood mm-hmm. uh, trap, which they essentially have to fill up a beaker um, with... The amount of blood that would be in one human body, and this is when they realize, oh, if all of us just contributed a little bit of blood, then we would have been able to fill up the the mm-hmm. beaker. But because there's only two people left, they have to sacrifice like an extremely large uh-huh. amount of blood now to survive. But they do. They do, which uh, you actually do see at least one of them mm-hmm. later in a later film. Oh. Really? Okay, um, I guess the I man, that one. The man is in the support group. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's right. The support, Seven. the support group does have some cameos from some of the other people, like the lady in, well, when we get to part six, there's... There's one. Yeah, uh, that's, she's there. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I think in this one, I don't really care about the Jill and Strom and Hoffman plot. Eh, I mean, I, I guess I found that plot somewhat more interesting than the um you know the the corporate you know business people trying to get away out of a like an easily yeah. solvable set of puzzles um so I, I actually i for some reason i did like this a bit more on rewatch than when i saw it in the theater but at the time for a long time this was in my own personal ranking of the franchise, it was my lowest one. Yeah, I think the main thing is that the 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 cop and Jill, like the top cops and Jill, are less compelling than Tobin or than Jigsaw and Amanda. Mm-hmm. And then all of the people in the group game are annoying and dumb. So that's kind of why it falls pretty low mm-hmm. uh, on my list. Um, there's not really a twist though, other than the group twist. Yeah, and, and but when you can see that that twist from very early in the movie, it's not satisfying. Yeah, because so. there's not really a twist because you already know that Hoffman is mm-hmm. a part of it. There's not really anything to go from there. Mm-hmm. Um, but but yeah, uh, I don't really have anything else to say about nah. Saw Five. <laughs> um, I think that's where we're gonna take a break. 
uh, and we'll have a second uh, episode that should be coming out probably around Halloween where we'll get into um, Saw 6 through the newest one. <laughs> um, so I'm not going to do the normal sign-off because I want you guys to continue listening to part two. Um, so catch us in part two of our Saw our saw, saw extravaganza. Straw extravaganza. <laughs> Thanks. This episode was recorded in the studios of KZUM 89.3 FM in Lincoln, Nebraska. You can find out more about KZUM and listen to more episodes of Cinema Roundtable by visiting kzum.org. Our theme music was composed by Joshua Spaulding. <laughs>